The scripture for today comes from Matthew, the sixth chapter. Uh, And if you would, do me a favor. Can you read the verse for me? Therefore, of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, Tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not be? The Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, the word of God for the people of God. I must be honest with you. This verse and my title made complete sense earlier this week, but the longer I meditated on it, the more anxious, oddly enough. I became. So I I, I made a few little notes and I put everything down and we're just going to see what God is going to do today. Amen. Let us pray. God, we love you. God, we need you. Help us, oh God, because we need it. In Jesus name. Amen. That is not my title. My title for today is The Average Joe the average Joe. And this particular scripture that we read this morning, the command not to be anxious reminds us that fear and faith cannot live in the same house. No more than light and dark can reside in the same place. This portion of scripture reminds us that we are wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of the Most High God with all rights, privileges, and promises given to us by our Father. Amen. The enemy's job is to try to cause us to forget this fact, and he uses fear and anxiety to do this. The introduction of anxiety robs us of our value and devalues the promises given to us by our God. It is the anxiety or fretting over earthly needs that gives access to the enemy by creating distance between us and God. He uses this fear to distort our vision, causing us to see the world through foggy lenses. And those foggy lenses cause us to miss the beauty 
of God's love towards us. Here the word speaks of basic needs such as food and drink. But more and more I see the enemy attacking a lot of us in the area of our self-esteem based on our basic need for acceptance and love. It is the fear of not receiving that basic need that drives us most often to places we never thought we would go and to doing things that we never thought we would do. It is the chasing of these things that causes us to accept the mediocre, the sinful, and call that normal. Last week, by the way, I missed you all last week. But last week, I, I, I traveled with a good friend of mine uh, to a church that he grew up in. It, it was a church that he left many years ago. It was a church that, 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 that he heard the truth of the gospel in, a church that he received the revelation of who God really is in. It was a church where, where they loved him. It was a place that he called home. He was baptized in this church. He was groomed to be a leader, even as a youth in this church. And he walked away from this place. Many years ago, 10, maybe 15 years ago, he made a mistake. And he saw the mistake as bigger than anything else. And as a result, the enemy convinced him that God couldn't love him based on his mistake and the people couldn't embrace him based on that mistake. And, and, and it bothered me when he told me this a couple of weeks ago as we sat next to each other. And I know that sometimes people can be mean, right? People can be cruel. So I asked the question, when you made your mistake, what did the people do? What, what did the leadership say? What, what did the people that you called family do when you made this mistake? And I was expecting him to say that they, they said something mean to him, that they condemned him, that, that they put him down. But he said, looking back all of these years, I found that they were really loving towards me. They told me that even though I, they knew I made a mistake and it was obvious what that mistake was, but God still loved me, so they did too. He said that the leadership came to him and said, look, you are serving in, in, in a, a leadership cap, uh, uh, capacity right now. We need for a season to sit you down from this. But it is our very intention for you to be stronger and better and to place you in this position in just a few months. And we believe that that you would do such a great job. They were with him. They were behind him. They showed God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. But the enemy had already slipped these foggy glasses on him. And so in the midst of all of what God has called us to be in the midst of them reacting in the right way, all he saw was that he had made this mistake. And as a result, he was unworthy. He was devalued and he had lost his purpose. But last week. I walked with this gentleman into this church that he had not been into in over 10 years. And this place where, where he was obviously anxious about what people would think and what people would say and, and where uh, uh, he would feel comfortable or whether he would be uncomfortable. You, you could tell the first step in the door was just hard for him. He stepped in and he looked around and he took a deep breath. 
and he took a few more steps and he arrived in front of this gentleman. And the gentleman reached out his hand and he said, what is your name? And the guy tells him his name. I'm going to walk a little bit today. Is that all right? The, the guy tells him his name. and I'm not giving the name today. And he says, I remember you. I remember you used to do backflips off the front wall when you were little. I remember that there was nobody that could walk in this church that you wouldn't give a hug. I remember that you had just the most wonderful heart. Where have you been? We went to our seat and I'm sitting next to him and I'm moral support at this point. So I'm I'm incognito. I, I, I have my, my jacket on, no tie. And everybody asks me who I am. I don't say pastor. I don't say reverend. Hello, my name is Brian, because I, I want him to, to, to experience this place the way he needs to experience it. And in the place where we would pass the peace, uh, they say, greet your neighbor. And somebody ran over with tears in their eyes and says, I remember staying across the street from your family and when we were across the street from your family, seeing you come home was just a joy. And somebody else ran over and said, I've never met you before, but I've heard such great things about you that I'm anxious to get to know who you are. And in a moment, in the blink of an eye, in a, a, a small piece of time, his anxiety melted away and his faith became powerful within him, so powerful that not only is he there today as we speak, but I met with him earlier this week and he couldn't stop talking about God and how good he was. I, I talked to one of his co-workers and he was saying that that this gentleman has been different this week. He can't stop talking about his church and talking about God and talking about how good people are at heart. It, it was a mighty change that took place within him and it took just a second for his anxiety to melt and his faith to take hold. And what I want you to realize in me talking about this as it relates to the scripture that we have today is this. God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. He said in his scripture that he will withhold no good thing from us, that our, our needs were already met. If you go one chapter back, he says, I know what your needs are even before you ask me. But we become so anxious not just about the basic necessities of life, the, what we will eat, what we will drink, what, what, where we will stay, but we become so anxious about what is our purpose? Can God love me? Can, can people love me? Can, 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 I, can I really be a part of this kingdom that everybody talks about? Can I really be forgiven? I, I've, I'm messed up. I've screwed up. I've become all of these things. Can I really be who God called me to be? And my answer to you is this, that the message about food and clothes is a message to every area of your life. That God loves you, that he cares for you, and that you should not allow the enemy or anyone or anything else to cause you to see yourself any less than who God has called you to be. There is nothing that you have done. There's nothing you have said. There's no person that you know that devalues you or causes you to lose God's given purpose in your life. It is a decision that you have to make to accept the grace, accept the mercy 
and accept the love of Christ no matter what. Amen. Amen. Now, a lot of you may be asking this. I don't know where I am in this, so we're going to put this down. What, what does this have to do with seeing God in the ordinary? What, what does this have to do with the average Joe? Thank you. With the average Joe. And my answer to you is simply this. It is hard to see God in anything or anybody else when you cannot see God in you. If you look in the mirror and you see a devalued and broken and a, a, a unloved person, it is hard to talk to somebody and, and show them how valuable and how loved they are in the kingdom. If you look into the mirror and you cannot see that God's grace and mercy resides on your life, it is really hard to live the great commission of going ye therefore to make disciples of all men of all nations because you yourself are missing it. It is the enemy that wants you to see a distorted vision of yourself so that your mouth is shut, so that your life does not exemplify that in which it's supposed to exemplify. He wants us to be so focused on all of the small things, so focused on the details, so anxious and fearful that we forget to share our faith. But last week, I realized this sitting on that pew. Looking around, I realized that the gentleman that I sat next to that felt flawed all of those years because mistakes he's made was no better than I was. Because we made some of the same mistakes. We've been some of the same places. After looking around, I noticed that, that the people within the congregation were flawed themselves as well. I realized this simple fact that the kingdom of God is not made up of perfect people or holier than thou Christians that have never made mistakes. It is made up of the average Joe, the ordinary person that serves an extraordinary God. It is made up of individuals that have made mistakes, but it is by his blood that he cleanses us white as snow. It is made up of individuals like you and like I and like me that 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 walk into the, the, the journey of life every day with a purpose in our heart to do what is right, but fall from time to time. It is made up of individuals like you and I that have a past that is not always pretty. But it but God has turned it into our testimony. It is made up of simple, ordinary people serving an extraordinary God. Amen. Amen. My message to you today is simply this. Be anxious for nothing. Be fearful about nothing for this reason and this reason alone, because God is exactly who he says he is. The God of yesterday is the God of today and the God of tomorrow. And he loves you. He cares for you. You have purpose. You have value. You matter. And you, my good friends, my brothers, my sisters, my family, have the God-given commission to share the love that you have received with everyone that you come in contact with for the kingdom of God is at hand and it is made up of the average Joe in the name 
of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.